Hi, this is Norm Augustinus. I'm sorry I missed your call. After tone, leave your name and number. I'll get back to you. Norman, I'm driving around town in my Model 3 Tesla. The big battery powering my Tesla below my seat is emitting electric radiation and charging the fist-sized egg vibrator that is lodged in my huge stretched-out cunt. My egg vibrator will never go dead thanks to my Tesla. My egg vibrator will only charge when my egg vibrator is inserted in my hungry fuckhole and I am seated in the driver's seat. My egg vibrator cannot be charged any other way. I come while I drive and I drive to come. Norm, I love your show and so does my big-breasted tight-hold little sister. Oh my god! End of messages. He wishes he could have killed his grandmother. His mother says everything he touches turns to shit. He's been to jail, spent 24 hours in a mental institution, and unsuccessfully tried to kill himself three times. And now, live via the internet, apps are fucking looting free. Norm Augustinus. Let me just like this. So something happened to me this past Friday. I won't lie to you. Something so utterly shocking, so terrifying, so jarring, I debated with myself if I should even tell the story. And it happened on Friday night. And it it did something to me. It changed me just a little bit. And I think you're going to find out why, because I decided I'm going to expose this story. I'm going to tell this story because I believe it will help you. I know how obtuse you are. I know the kind of person you are, the educational level you will have. And I think this could help you very much in your future meanderings around the planet, wherever it is you have to go, doing the things you have to do throughout your day. I believe this, this fucking story, man. This thing that happened to me, man. I think this is, I think this could help you. Though it's painful, very painful for me to even think that I gotta drag this up again. I'm gonna tell the story. I'm gonna tell in this recording today, in this recording now. Today, tonight, whenever you listen to this thing, fuck stick. But first I got to get this warning out to you. I like to get these warnings out. I do it all the time. Understand that the chick you met today, The chick you'll meet tomorrow morning, the chick you'll meet tomorrow night or the next night or a fortnight from now, understand that that bitch owes $48,000 in charge card bills. Also understand that she probably has either chlamydia, gonorrhea, warts, or fucking, she's got, she's got crabs. She's got one of those for sure. Understand that. Understand that she's pulled five to six restraining orders on previous men before you, and you're going to be the new restraining order person. Understand this shit. And also understand that when you get into her car, and you sit on the passenger side, and you see one of those fucking Christmas tree, those green tree deodorizers, air fresheners hanging from her rearview mirror, understand what that is in reality. Yeah, it's air freshening the car. It's putting a scent in the car. But why does she need a scent in the car? This exotic odor in the car. It's because of her pussy, man. She's fucking on the rag. The car stinks. It reeks. Seven, ten days a fucking month. She's stinking up everything she's at. And they hang these fucking tree deodorizers in their car because it will change the the composition of the air in the car. You might not be able to smell her pussy when you get in and you're smiling. Hey, Rhonda, how are you? What are you up to? Good to see you. You might lean over and give her a fucking kiss. Something like that. Understand what's really going on. She can't lose you. She can't lose you to the stench, the reality of her cunt, straight away, right off the bat. She can't do that. So she's got the air freshener going on to deodorize and kind of fog up the air with this scent. You can't smell her pussy, but if you were me, you could smell it. I could smell a pussy in a factory that makes deodorizers, makes scented fucking candles. I could smell a pussy in there, and I could find where the pussy is that's that's causing all the trouble. That's the kind of a tuned nose that I have that you don't have. But the most important part of the 
fucking tree deodorizer hanging from her rearview mirror is this. It's pointing up. You ever notice that? It looks like a tree. It's pointing up as a warning for you. It's saying, look up, man. Look up, and what do you see? You see a fucking one of those sunroofs that's powered that you can push a button and open. It's telling you this. Push that button. Get the fuck out of there. Jump headfirst through that hole. Get yourself some fresh air, or you ain't going to make it, man. That's what it's telling you. Understand that. You have to know this shit, what an air freshener really is. I could smell if a chick's been playing with her pussy if I am in a Sam in the movies. I get her to put her arm around my fucking shoulder, and then I take her hand to my mouth like I'm going to kiss it. But what I'm really doing is smelling her pointer finger and her middle finger, and if I smell pussy, I know what what's going on. I know the kind of person this person is. Also understand, these are just warnings. Before we get to the main event here, the part of the recording that I was reluctant to even tell you. Also understand that these electric cars... The real reason for the manufacture of electric cars is because there's a giant battery under the driver's seat and the passenger seat. It's about the size of a twin bed. They call it a double, a twin bed. It's about eight inches thick. That's how the battery is, or ten. Understand that a woman wants this car because she's got a giant fist-sized vibrating egg in her fucking cunt. And it's the kind of vibrating egg, these are what they're manufacturing now, it's a kind of vibrating egg that will be recharged from residual fucking residual electricity coming off this giant battery. The radiation. Her fucking giant fucking egg vibrator in her pussy lodged in there when she's driving around. It's lodged in there. It's being actually charged up by the battery in the electric car. Chicks like electric cars. They can put it on autopilot, drive around, put the seat back, turn on the vibrator in the seat. Their fucking egg vibrator's going. They can come again and again and again and again. My friend Rappalunge in the Detroit Health Department told me that chicks come every 15 minutes. Isn't that disgusting? Every 15 minutes, man. It's, it's unbelievable. You think you're with a regular chick, you're saying hi, you're going out to dinner, but she's already fucked you with her fucking air freshener in the car. But now you know that. Now you know the kind of money they owe. Now you know that she's fucking weighed in debt and behind on her car payments. She hasn't paid two in a row. You know all this shit. You know all the inside stuff, things that should alert you straight away. You know about her vibrating egg, the money she owes, the fucking social disease she has. You know that she's pulled five or ten restraining orders on the last guy she was with, and you're the next fucker she's going to pull a restraining order, a personal protection order on. That's how they are. But you got to know this. And who's out there telling you this shit? Where is there a newspaper article you can read? Is there a columnist somewhere online that you can read this shit? No. Is there a government handbook you can read this stuff? No. Is there a, is there a fucking pamphlet somewhere you can read this shit? No, absolutely not. They don't want you to know this. You get pulled into the fucking society, into the fucking world of the U.S. You get pulled in because you fell into it, because you were fucking cunt happy, and now you owe all kinds of goddamn money because you got hooked up with some fucking bitch. You might have a kid. You might have went in with her at the house. You told her you loved her so much you paid off her $40,000 in debt, and now you're fucked. Our economy, our world requires you to hook up with a bitch, but you can be smarter than them. You can be smarter all the way around. You can avoid these mistakes because here sits your correspondent, Norm Augustinus, and I'm telling you what to avoid. I'm telling you, I'm begging you. I've had half the shit I tell you happen to me. Came on strong, loving, disguised as a stench of their pussy with fucking air fresheners, with all kinds of shit in their car. They came to my house with their vibrating fucking egg being charged in their fucking electric vehicle. It just goes on and on and on. I've had everything I tell you happen to me. These aren't fucking made up. These aren't jokes. These aren't skits. This isn't a fucking play on something on Broadway, off Broadway. It's nothing like that. You got to know this stuff that's going on. And it'll save you. It'll save you. You'll be free to do the things you dreamed you could do. If you get clipped too early on because you go pussy crazy, you're going to have nothing. I mean nothing. And all you're going to do is argue. You're going to get a TIA, an aneurysm, a fucking stroke, a heart attack because a bitch is relentless once she's got her fucking nicks onto you. She's clamped onto your ankle like a fucking pit bull and she ain't going to let go. But you can say all these things. Hey, look at that. 
I just got in the car and a bitch has got an air freshener hanging from the fucking rearview mirror. That's the factory partly hoping you you pick up on this secret. There's the air freshener. I can't smell nothing but fucking pine scent. And there it is pointing up and there's a sunroof in this car. I got to get out of here. I'm fucked. I got to get out of here. She's already working me. She's working me. Fucking charge car debt. Her car's going to be repoed. She doesn't have anything. But what they're good at is posing, pretending. But they'll stay religiously away from anything that could expose them. You never see a chick in math and say she works in math. They're always in marketing. You can't lay, you can't pin them down anything. You can't say they're doing something wrong or don't know nothing. What do you do, Michelle? I'm in marketing. Just one fucking time I want to hear a chick that says she works in math nonstop 10 hours a day. You don't ever see that. They hide that. They can't get near anything that could expose them is the threat they are to you. No, I don't hate women. I had three sisters. I don't have any kind of animosity at all towards a woman. This is shit I learned. I mean, one time I was in a service years ago, and I was in a Huey helicopter. Honest to God, I was a door gunner. And in this fucking door, we'd slide it open. We'd drag dildos through the jungle on giant ropes. And we're about 200 feet off the ground. You didn't want to go much higher, over 300 feet. You could be shot down. You could be really fucked up. And we'd drag the dildos through the forests. And... Then we would you put the bring them up on a winch. Shit, there was fucking 10, 12 VC bitches on those ropes coming up hooked to the dildo. The dildo was the bait like a worm when you're out fishing for something in America here. There'd be 10, 12 bitches on that rope and we brought them up. We'd fuck them, make them suck us off, and we'd throw them out the other side of the fucking door of the Huey helicopter. They would be perfect fucking missiles. You never saw nothing like it. Some of the VC women were so good at getting thrown out they could actually steer themselves through the air to do fucking aerobatics and do flips and turns and like giving us the fingers they went down. They were that goddamn good from getting thrown out of our helicopter at 300 feet. I got that kind of experience. I have it. You got to learn that too. I want to talk about something after I did these, this warning and this thing about you with women. I want to talk about something. I want to move on. And I'm, I'm reluctant to move on somewhat because I don't really know where to go with this in a proper fashion that you could understand. Maybe you can understand everything I say. It takes a certain purpose person to understand me. When my mom got committed, I went into the office where they committed her and all that, and I couldn't get her out. And I went into the office, and I start talking, and I must have talked 15, 14 minutes. And I remember this clearly. I don't know who this fucking guy's name was, who he was, what shithead he was. After I stopped talking, he looked at me and he said, really seriously, I don't understand a goddamn thing you're saying. And I realized that I I could say something that nobody might understand it. People would have trouble understanding. But I know because you've been a, a subscription, a subscriber, of I hate to say fan of me for years, that you must understand me. And I see the numbers. They're ridiculously high of these fucking downloads. I don't know why. I just tell the truth. I talk and see things as they are, and I just tell the truth, and the fucking numbers keep going up. Amazing. I'll be back in a second. Hello? Hello? Is Norm there? Can I put you on speaker? Is this Norman? What is this about? Norm Augustinus. Who is this? I wanted to talk to you, connect with you. How did you get my number? I listen to your podcasts. Your recordings are everything Uh to me. In your monologues, you talk about how you like swinging around naked women by their ponytails during the act of lovemaking. Uh I'm in my living room right now and I'm naked and I'm going to swing myself around this room by my ponytail. That's impossible. I've got my blonde ponytail in my right hand and I'm going to swing myself around this room. This is ridiculous. I hope to swing myself around the room and then I'll let go of my ponytail. I hope to crash into my oak cabinet where all my antique bone china plates are stored. Here I go. I'm clutching onto my ponytail and I'm swinging myself. Hello? Hello? Jesus Christ, man. Where was I? Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you something now. 
something that could jar, it could actually jar your very existence. Jar the moorings that are attached to you that keep you who you are, the moorings that are attached to you and keep you on the ground, safely on the ground, and able to understand and do the things you have to do. It may actually jar this. It may sound not real or something, but it is. It is, and I'm telling you the truth. Now, you've heard me talk about how ghosts, bitches that see ghosts, I always say this, and I know this to be true, bitches are always seeing ghosts, and I talk regularly about that in this recording, and I said that ghosts are actually, and they always talk about the room going cold, and I said that ghosts are actually a bunch of bitches in a room drinking wine. They were upstairs. They went to the basement looking for a ghost. They're drinking fucking wine, and two or three of them let out a pussy fart while they're in there looking for ghosts. As you may or may not know, when a woman drops a pussy fart, that's a deadly gas. There's cum in that pussy fart. There's all kinds of shit. Cum in that cunt. There was fucking cum. There's scabs. There's hairs. There's dog hair. There's shit. There's fecal matter. There's cum in there. There's linen from the bed and mattress. It all congeals inside that cunt, gets baked at 100 degrees, and when she lets that pussy fart out, when those pussy lips relax, that pussy fart comes out, and that shit is deadly, that gas. It's distilled down to a gas, and I always talk about that in these recordings. Well, that gas, when it's released from a cunt, kills everything in any room that that bitch is in. It kills everything and anything. Mice, insects, rodents, it doesn't fucking matter. Termites that might be in the beams of the basement, it kills everything in that room. And of course, you know this makes sense. Of course, when it kills everything in that room, they don't exhale breath anymore, a warm breath. If you've got five, ten people in a tiny space and they're exhaling, the room gets hotter. It's the same thing with insects and rodents and any kind of mammal in there. Snakes, they're all exhaling. When she blows that pussy fart, one or two of those three women, and they're looking for ghosts in some old basement, and they're all holding on to a burgundy and a chardonnay, whatever they're drinking, they're standing and they blow these gas farts out, these pussy farts. It kills everything in the room, and the room gets colder. And that's why they think a fucking ghost is in there. The ghost is in there. And then they see these images. They see these shimmering images and all that. Well, that's nothing more than their eyes inhaling the air they just blew out. Eyeballs have to breathe. They actually breathe in oxygen. Without the oxygen, your eyes would go white. You'd see a cloud over it, a fog over it. And that's what they're they're thinking they're seeing is a fucking ghost. Their, their eyeballs are actually inhaling the gas from their cunt. They're in there. They're laughing. They're looking for ghosts. They got some seance, whatever. They got their wine going. They're blowing pussy farts, killing everything in the room. The room gets colder. They're blowing pussy farts, and the gas comes out of their cunt. Their eyeballs inhale that gas, and a white fog goes over their eyes because it's no longer breathing. The nitrogen-oxygen mix that it needs is breathing this devil-like gas, this satanic gas, this cursed shit. And the eyes go white, and they think they see ghosts. Well, I say that all the time in these recordings. You know that. I say it all the time. As I said, I expose the things that they would never expose. I talk about the things that are taboo with regards to what's really going on. They don't want you to know this shit because now the economy stops. You're not taking a bitch to the restaurant anymore because you're staying home. You're trying to protect yourself. You're not getting married to a bitch and you're not fucking getting her pregnant and have to buy diapers and all kinds of furniture and shit for this kid. All that. That's all. St- everything stops because you're not with a bitch. Our world, our economy depends on you getting suckered in by a bitch. They don't want you to know that. They don't want you to know that she's going to gain 18, 25 fucking pounds. They don't want you to know that she's going to have 10, 15 period spills on the mattress you are still paying for in a financial plan. They don't want you to know that shit. They don't want you to know that they're going to plug the toilet with tampons or maxi pads or you're not going to be able to use the toilet. They keep all that shit hidden. They don't want you to know that in her lifetime, she'll she'll deposit 1.2 tons of maxi pads and feminine napkins into a landfill that will kill everything in that dirt for up to three miles. They don't want you to know that shit, but you might want one. Think of that. I mean, you may actually still want one. That all sounds good to me. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. With everything, there's a, there's a sunshine to it and there's a darkness to it. I don't give a fuck. I'm so goddamn lonely. I'm sitting here with a fucking Pop-Tart and I got my cock throttling my cock as I'm watching Nancy Drew on my big screen TV. I don't, I don't, I don't care. You might say that. But that's, you know, that's, 
That just be your fucking decision what you want to do. Now, the ghosts that they see, I've talked about this all the time, that's really being manifested by their pussy, by their cunt. It's a dangerous fucking thing. Goddamn cunt can squeeze out the size of a fucking, one of the, honest to God, a basketball. It can squeeze that kind of thing out. This is bizarre. This isn't human. And you want one. Gas, 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 gains, slapping back and forth, getting looser. I don't, I don't really quite understand at all myself. So I talk about this all the time. And I get an email last Wednesday, I guess, Wednesday morning. And the email's addressed to me, and it was kind of upsetting a little bit and strange, but I get an email from a woman named, I don't give a fuck if I say her name. I don't really care. I get an email from a woman named Ethel Bishop, and she's the senior executive officer that, with regards to the Ghoster Society, the Upper Michigan Ghoster Society. That's what it was called. She's the single senior executive officer. She tells me in a fucking email that they have 14 members in the Upper Michigan Ghoster Society, and she's the officer. She's the senior executive officer. And she asked me if she could come to my house with her club members this coming, this past Friday. And I thought, well, you know, maybe a lot of bitches and stuff like that. Why not? Maybe I could get some head. Maybe I could bend one of them over and bang them from the rear. Maybe I could swing one of the naked bitches around my room by her ponytail, let her go, and she flies through the fucking room, lands on the top of a chest of drawers, lands on a dresser, all the fucking perfume, the mirror smashes. I kind of like that. Chicks like that, too. You don't know that, do you? One of the biggest things I like is as you're banging them from the rear, you slap their fucking ass cakes. They're fucking, you just slap them while you're banging them. They love that shit. You know, honest to God, they love it. I used to have a thing I would do. I'd take their long hair and I'd split the back in two handles and I'd wrap leather around each piece and then had a handle on it like, and it was like I was riding a fucking horse. You could do that. I thought about selling those one day. You could make them yourself out of paper mache. So this Ethel, Ethel, Ethel Bishop says in her email, can we come to your house? And I wrote her back and I said, about what? Why would you kind of want to come to my house? Is this some kind of scam? Is this uh, chicks that I don't really know, out of control bitches? I, I don't know. They're living in the woods. They're living in a fucking old abandoned train car. I'm not sure. And she said that she wanted to talk about ghosts with regards to females. And I said, sure, I agreed to it. And I don't know why I agreed to it, but I'm always looking to open up the area of women that I deal with, the area of women, because you don't have 15.5 pounds of dick like I do, and I do, and you just drag it around. You don't drag it around. I'm not a coat hook for my dick. I'm not, I'm not like that. My dick wants to be a participant. I don't hang my dick on a coat hook. I don't do that. I have to use my prick, 15.5 pounds of dick, filled with big fucking festivals of bubbling cum. Honest to God, I don't know why I have such a big dick, but I get a lot of email from women that want to try out my big dick. It's always what I say to you. It's like a gunfighter in the Old West. He's got the best, fastest draw, and everybody wants to challenge him and become that person. That's the same thing with me. Bitches want to challenge me. They want to take me on and see if they can bust my 15.5 pounds of dick down, and they want to ride it and see if they can say that they rode Norm Augustinus's cock, and they live to tell other people that they didn't get broke down. As you may or may not know, when I hump a bitch, it's like she was riding a donkey. Some old fucking mule for three or four days in the desert and somebody taped her ankles together underneath the mule with duct tape. When she gets off of me, when I'm done fucking her, she walks like a bull-legged fucking migrant worker in some kind of field out in Mexico, wherever they are. She walks like that and her eyes are crossed because I bang her out. Sex isn't a fucking gentle sport. It's not a sport of checkers or something like that. It's a sport of conquering and winning and fucking rototilling that pussy out until her eyes roll around and she can't take no more. And then she has her orgasm and drops out. I don't even stop then. I fucked women who've been completely asleep for two or three hours and they didn't even know I was banging them out. But that pussy is always looking for dick and that pussy was still wet as I was fucking it and they were completely unconscious from the fucking I gave them the five or eight hours earlier. It's exhausted them. 
So this Ethel Bishop writes me. I write her back and say, sure, that sounds good. What time? And she says, 7 to 8 o'clock p.m. And I said, that's fine. That sounds good. So this past Friday, this is where the story starts. This is where something like this maybe would never happen to you. Now, the reason it wouldn't happen to you is obvious. You're ugly. You don't, they don't want you. They don't care about your F-250 or F-150. They don't care about your doghouse. They don't care about your shingles or they just fucking repointed your bricks on your house. They don't give a flying shit about that new mailbox. All a woman thinks about is dick 24-7 all year till they die. Every year, in and day in and day out. They just think about dick. You know, thing you might find this upsetting. Do you know that many of the women, literally hundreds of thousands of women who die a year, they have been fucked out only a little while before they died, and their pussy is still vibrating when they bury them in the ground. Even after the funeral director worked on them, that cunt is still swollen and still vibrating from the beating they took from a massive fucking beaver buster, a big dick. Still vibrating. Isn't that sick? Some chicks are in a cemetery, and they had just taken a dick before they died. Now, it's even more so if they don't get embalmed. If a chick doesn't get embalmed, shit, he's just throwing her body into a box. She just got fucked 15 minutes before she died. She's throwing her body in there, and the cum's still dripping out while she's in the coffin buried underground. Isn't that disgusting? Isn't that horrifying? I mean, who would want that? Eventually, the fucking casket breaks apart. That cum that was in there, that two, three fistfuls of cum that's been deposited in her fuckhole, it's dripping out of the rust hole inside the coffin. It's going down to you, and you're laying in your coffin with your head tilted back and your jaw fell because the muscles are dead and that comes going into your mouth yeah that is odd that's strange i mean but it happens that i know i know this shit happens i have it firsthand experience i've got fucking algorithms dry erase boards i got every fucking piece of thing you can imagine that i collate with these things that i find so she says yeah okay that's good this Ethel Bishop, I'd like to come to your goddamn house and talk about ghosts. I figure she wants to contest my idea what ghosts really are, and she's bringing all these bitches, so I know that I got to be careful because uh, one bitch is okay, two okay, but once you get them all riled up, you could have all five, seven, ten of them. I don't know how many are coming. You can have them all on you, and you're not going to win. The only way you could win is they start to move in on you and they can smell the pheromones coming off of your body, coming off of your fucking big dick. They smell that and they go into a trance and they shut right off and all they want is dick. D-I-C-K, 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 D-I-C-K. That's all I can think about. If you get them near your pheromones, you can stump any anger coming from any woman if somehow you can show her, let her know that you've got a big dick and you're ready to serve. So Friday comes on, and Ethel Bishop and all those people come in. It's a fucking minivan, and that's concerning in itself. It's a minivan. It pulls, and she's got to come really quite a ways down. I've got a third of a mile for a driveway. It's a dirt driveway. you got to come off a paved area. I'm really in the middle of nowhere on 100 acres up here in upper northern Michigan. I can see the car coming because I have tree cameras, and one of the tree cameras works with cellular, and that cellular sends me the signal, the image, to a monitor that I have in my house. And I can see they're coming. It looks like a fucking church bus or something. Like a church bus filled with really religious women, really fanatics, who are going to come and pound reality into your correspondent's mind. Going to break me down. But that's not possible. I can't be broke down. I'm so dumb. I'm so kind of, so, so kind of autistic that you can't reach that area. So it's, it's futile. Most women find that it's futile and they just decide to forget reason and common sense with me and they go straight for the primal urge of dick. Now they say, ah, we're on the same plane. We're all on the same plane if you could get her there and off of whatever else, whatever nonsense she's worrying about. So I see them coming down the driveway in their fucking van and she pulls up into my house and they get out of the damn van. They slide the door open. There's two doors on each side. They slide these doors open. When they get out, they look like church-going girls, and they're holding material like if you were holding Bibles. I know they're not holding Bibles, so I figure that it's some kind of information with regards to the Upper Michigan Ghoster Society, the Ethel Bishop uh, Senior Executive Officer. I figured something like that that's, that's going to be pamphlets to show me 
how wrong I am about what I've talked about in this recording. So when they get to the door, I pull the door open and I say, hello, how are you? And the woman says to me, I'm Ethel Bishop. And she reaches out her hand to me. And when she reaches out her hand to me, I'm kind of sweating because I'm nervous. I take my hand. I squeeze her hand to show show this kind of sexuality, this manliness. So I squeeze her hand. Then I pretend that I'm kind of wiping my face or adjusting my hair. But what I'm really doing is fishing for the scent of pussy on Ethel Bishop's fingers. I have that kind of tuned nose. I'm sniffing out raw fucking rogue pussy scents on her fucking pointer finger and her middle finger. And sure as shit, in just that split fraction, I could smell pussy on Ethel Bishop's fucking fingers. The Upper Michigan Ghoster Society, the executive or senior executive officer, I could smell pussy and I knew what I had there. Now I understood what I was dealing with. Now I knew how to handle the situation. So, they come into the house. I'm introduced to all of them. I don't know. One chick's name was Rhonda. One was Renee. One was Eileen. One was Rory. There was a couple other women. I don't particularly know their name. Uh, one was an African-American name. I can't. Maybe. Was it Kanisha? I think it was Kanisha. One was an African-American and a black woman. And I got all these names and I pulled out chairs for them. I had folding chairs. And the woman says, can, can I speak? Can we speak to you about Watch this thing you're spreading on the internet about ghosts, that it's uh, problematic. And I said, sure, go ahead and speak. Now, when I pull the chairs out, the other women sit on them. This Rhonda, this Renee, this Kanisha, Eileen, Rory. There was a fucking few other girls there. And I made one in the front like they were going to have a presentation. And when I did that, this lady put on a microphone around her neck with this string it looks like, I don't know if it's a Bluetooth microphone or whatever, like she's on a big conference and one of the other bitches, I think it was Rhonda, turns on this Bluetooth speaker. It must have been a Bluetooth transmission thing. She turns on the Bluetooth speaker. The woman says, testing, testing, testing. They adjust the volume. Everybody gets seated. And then this Ethel Bishop starts talking. And basically, I could I could highlight what she said. She said that ghosts are real, ghosts are deceased people who have unfinished business. You've always heard that Hollywood bullshit, this Hollywood story. You have to have some kind of reason to make a ghost story or why they're back, and they always love to use that. And Ethel Bishop is using the same thing, and all the girls sitting on the folding chairs are agreeing with her, going, aha, you're right, right on, sure thing, he shouldn't exactly. They're all agreeing with her. She said they're real, they're not, and she would put quotes with her fingers. This is kind of annoying. She'd say, as Norm Augustina says, our, our guy that's hosting us tonight, they are not fucking pussy farts. And she'd use quotes on her left hand, quotes on her right hand, using her middle finger and her pointer finger. Ghosts are, as Norm Augustina says, they are not pussy farts. They are, and I'm thinking, and they all copied her. Now they're all copying her, moving their fingers like that, like their quotes. And it was Rhonda, Renee, Eileen, Kanisha, Rory, all the other bitches that were there. They're all doing the quotes about pussy farts because Ethel Bishop just said that, referred to me that I call them pussy farts. Now when they start waving their middle finger and their pointer finger, all these bitches, sure as shit, a big wave of pussy odor, vaginal odor, it's like a fish-like odor. It can be very powerful. You don't notice it so much when you're married to them and stuff like that. You're invested. You don't notice it that much, but I'm not there yet. So I notice it straight away, this strong fucking wave of pussy odor, gagging pussy odor that's coming towards me. Now, that pussy odor is designed, odor, is designed to get you, get your dick up, designed to get you super horny, with wherever the pussy odor's coming from, you zero in on it. It's subconsciously happening. It's just a man and a woman thing. It's been since the cave days. It's designed to pull you in to that pussy so you can fuck it. First you find it, then you examine it, then you fuck it. And that's what they don't even know they're doing subconsciously, inadvertently. They don't know because I'm so highly attuned, I realize what's going on as they do the quotes that I say, uh, pussy farts are are actually ghosts. She does this symbol, you know, the quotes with your fucking fingers. She goes on past that. She said, ghosts are not pussy farts. Ghosts do not kill everything in the room. Uh, pussy farts do not kill everything in the room. Pussy farts aren't dangerous or deadly like that. Then I'm spreading false propaganda to young people, young men especially, about how dangerous the pussy is. She's saying this, and everybody's doing the same thing. 
Now it's like they've got this mantra, and it's like they're on fucking New York City in some kind of public riot, and they're all saying the same thing. It's the same thing they're doing with their left hand and their right hand with these quotes. It's just the quotes constantly, and they're saying, aha, yeah, right on, you're right, tell them, uh, tell them Ethel and all that as she's moving her fucking fingers in these quotes. They're all doing the same shit, and the gas from their pussy, these pussy farts, the pussy juices on their fingers, because every one of them beat off every 15 minutes, it's just enveloping your correspondent. I mean, I'm I'm overcome with desire, literally overcome with desire. And she says that brings up a couple other things. She says it's vindictive, it's uh, hateful, it shows uh, uh, what's that thing they call? Uh, it shows that I have a dislike of women, and it's none of that. It's not a thing of that. She says that I'm spreading a bad message that ghosts are real. Ghosts are not pussy farts. Pussy farts can't kill everything in the room. Pussy farts are not fucking actually the ghosts that women see are not their eyes not getting oxygen because they've inhaled. The eyes have sucked in the pussy fart gas and everything they see is white and looks like ghosts. She says it's none of that. And we just wanted to second the record straight. Now, as I'm sitting there, this is the honest of God. This is not an exaggeration. As I'm sitting here listening to this fucking imbecile, this, this feminist, whatever the hell they are, whatever they're told to be, they will be. Whatever they watch on TV, they'll buy. Whatever the message is regarding men and other things, they'll be, they'll eat up, they'll suck up. A poor thing, a woman just doesn't know who she is. I gotta feel sorry for them. They just become anything they're told at that fucking minute. You have to deal with that. And somehow, if you're in a relationship with them. But I watch Rhonda. And as I'm watching Rhonda, this lady keeps on babbling on. And I, I hate to say something that horrible, that, that, that contra, well, I, I hate to say it. She's just babbling on and on and on. And I watch Rhonda with her fingers. I watch it. And as I'm watching, I don't know if I'm getting gassed from the pussy fart juices, the juices and stuff on their fingers as they keep doing that quote thing while goddamn Ethel keeps talking. Nobody hears her anymore, I'm sure. But I watch Rhonda. And as she's moving her fingers to whatever Ethel says, these quotes, like it's supposed to be, you know, vindictive to me, like I'm saying something vindictive and they're trying to highlight it. I watch Rhonda and I see that her pointer finger on each hand slowly meets with her thumb on each hand. And now it looks like a dick hole, like, like it's a hole. And she's sort of flirting with me, like, Looking at me, you know how that is. You know when a woman wants to suck your cock, when she wants you to bang her out when she's on all fours, her your fucking cum can only be between her tits, cum dripping out of her fucking ears, dripping down her forehead, dripping down her fucking thighs past her kneecaps. You know that feeling. Her finger, pointer finger on each hand, was no longer making quote signs with the middle finger. It now was touching the thumb, and she was looking at it and kind of moving it back and forth while Ethel was talking. I could clearly see that this Rhonda bitch, this ghost thumper who's got all the answers on ghosts, she wants to bang out your correspondent. And I'm all too happy to do that. So Rhonda says, and I know what's coming. Rhonda says, excuse me, Ethel, can I please go to the bathroom? She said, sure, you'll have to ask Norma where the bathroom is. I said, sure, no problem. I'll show you where the bathroom is, Rhonda. And she gets up. And all her sisters are sitting there that are insisting that fucking pussy farts aren't ghosts, that pussy farts don't kill everything in the room and the temperature drops because everything in the room is dead. And pussy farts aren't ghosts. She's sitting there trying to sell me this shit. They're using our my house as some kind of thumper, some kind of thump or a stump or whatever they call a political thing, a stump. And I said, sure, come on with me, Rhonda. I'll show you right where the bathroom is. And as we're walking, uh, this is where skill comes in. The knowledge I have, the highly attuned brain that I have with regards to the imbecilic female, this is where it comes in. As Rhonda gets up, she's not bad looking and thin, too. I like them thin. I don't want no fucking fat ass. I don't want no fat whore. I don't want no fucking fancy curbs that they've tried to make acceptable so they can sell fat person's clothes. As she starts to walk, Rhonda, I can hear like this sound. Can you hear that? I just made that with my mouth. I hear that sound as she starts to walk with me behind me. And you know what that sound is? That's her pussy salivating for the idea, the possibility of Norm Augustinus's 15.5 pound cock going into her fuckhole all night long. 
She left, fuck, she left Ethel Bishop long ago. She's still out there yabbering and jabbering on, fucking numbing everybody in the room. She left her for my dick. She wanted Norm Augustinus's dick. Sure, she listened to my recordings, but she was especially tuned in, hypnotized by the idea that there could be this monster dick out there, and she wanted to ride it like she's fucking been glued to a saddle in 1840 and she's on a wild horse that's out of control. That's what she was dreaming of. I could hear her cunt as she walked. And as she was walking, she did did a misstep. And that happens when a woman's pussy is extremely wet. They do a misstep because there's so much juices down there, so much dick lubricant coming out of that cunt because it, it is literally tearing up. That's what a cunt does. Dripping, dripping cunts, like, like it's raining out, of vaginal juices drop into their fucking crotch and their cotton-ventilated panel. It's raining down there of wanton desire. As she's walking, she slips. Just this longer step, like her legs come apart. Well, that's because her snatch is all lubed up, and she couldn't keep the regular step she has. It just wanted dick now. She, Her leg, her front leg and her back leg went further than they should because it was so wet down there. And I've seen this literally thousands of fucking times, fuck stick. So I know she's ready to fuck. I know what's really going on. The thing that I thought was bad, that I thought was going to go horrible for me, has been a, a blessing in disguise. It's been a godsend. A bunch of bitches came to me in a fucking beat-up van, and I'm going to be fucking all night long. I mean, that's it's the truth. I'm putting my beam in her seam, and I'm excited about that. So we walk down the hall. We go right past the toilet because I take charge. That's what you're supposed to do as a man. You don't fucking touch her all sensitive and shit and start crying and lay down with her and start caressing the side of her face or, or playing with her back or playing with her hair. What the fuck is that? You can do that with anybody at a bookstore. What of it? That's nothing. You can do that at a sensitivity course or some yoga class. Who cares? I push her right past the toilet and I push her to the furthest back bedroom I have. It's got a thick, solid wood door on it. And I shove her into that room, slam the door, and as she's kind of lost her step, I just grab the back of her fucking pants. They had an elastic band on it. I grab the back of it, and she lands on the fucking bed, just face first on the bed. And I already got her panties down to her fucking ankles. Honest to God. I can still hear Ethel Bishop out there yammering on about whatever nonsense she came to de- just to cut me in half, to enlighten me, to educate me, elevate me. I can still hear Bishop flapping her goddamn gums out there. It doesn't matter. While she's flapping her fucking gums, I got my dick in fucking in goddamn Rhonda's cunt, and I'm flapping her pussy lips as my cock goes in and out of her back door, out of her cunt. I go from the cunt. I go from the brown eye, the stink star. I go for the cunt. I go for the asshole. I go for the cunt. I go for the asshole. Her lips are flapping almost in unison to Ethel Bishop's fucking diatribe or hysterama, whatever the fuck she's doing out there. It's been going just synced perfectly and actually turned me on. I actually got a bigger raging heart on. I actually wanted to come even bigger and faster and new and improved because of Ethel Bishop's nonsense. And the fact that here's one of her followers about ghosts and her follower, one of Rhonda, has got a fucking big dick up her asshole and up her cunt, the very thing that Ethel's talking about out in the other room. She's talking about pussy farts coming out of cunts, my derogatory statements. She's talking about all that. And there I am, laying pipe like I'm a retarded fucking dude, a retard on fucking heroin. I'm just cranking the fuck away. Now, when I'm done fucking her, this is the truth. Both of her ass cheeks, they were white. I like white skin. Uh, Light skin, very fair, occasional freckle. Both of her ass cheeks were black and fucking blue from the fucking hammering I gave her from her from the back. I just couldn't even stop. I just kept going at it as Ethel was fucking yammering on. And somehow all that white noise, all her bullshit, all the girls out there fucking with the quote signs. And they're all, yeah, you're right. Amen. You're right. Absolutely. As they're doing that, it seemed to build up. And I pretended I was in a church setting. I was banging out one of the fucking women that work at the church. Maybe the chick that works in the front room. She passes out the church programs on Sunday. I just started fantasizing about that. And my dick got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until the goddamn thing went off. It was great. 
My dick went off. And when it did, she was laying there. You never saw nothing like it. Rhonda's laying there, still clutching on to the fucking paperwork she had when she came in the door with Ethel. Something about pussy farts. I mean, something about ghosts. And she was still clutching on to that fucking paper. And her whole body was quivering. Just quivering. Just dropped my ashtray. I got a little personal ashtray I keep in the clo- in the fucking thing here with me in the closet. And... I got a personal ashtray. It's great. If you hit the button, it'll suck in the fucking air and it'll recycle it through a carbon filter and you won't, won't smell the fumes, supposedly. But I always do. It was amazing. She was quivering on there. I had to pat the back of her head to calm her down. Honest to God. I had a squeegee in my room because it's the new invention I'm working on with regards to the pussy. It's a tiny portable squeezy. When a woman spreads her legs, you can squeezy out, squeegee out the cunt. I've been working on this. I use a squeegee on her back to get the perspiration up. She was literally soaking wet like she fell into a fucking pool at the YMCA. Used to go to the YMCA when I was in New York City. Used to use this one stall to take a shower. And the last time I ever went, there was a black dude in there beating his dick off in the very shower I used to go in. And I never went back. I'm going in there to clean up. I'm not going in there fucking on a slip and slide with a bunch of cum on the floor. So when she calmed down, I pulled her panties up. Now, when I pulled her panties up, because I'm so, in, I'm just pumped with fucking adrenaline cortisol, adrenaline, whatever it is. When I pull her panties up, she stands up and she's got her arm on my shoulder to steady herself. I pulled her fucking drawers up so goddamn hard that it just tore off. There was no more crotch in the panties. It was like a fucking, some kind of thing you pull up your body all the way up to your, and clip on clips for nylons. I just ripped the fucking panties. They were destroyed. Crotch fell out. I like that. I like to pin the crotches on this corkboard I have in one of my bedrooms here. It's great. And then we went back out. And she said, did you find a bathroom? This is what Ethel said. Did you find a bathroom? She couldn't even fucking talk correctly. She like was, had this, what do you call it when you, when you can't say words correctly? Stammering, this, this thing that some people have. She couldn't talk correctly. And she, Ethel said, come on, what are you talking about, Rhonda? Spit it out. And that passed. But I banged her out. My thighs were still fucking quivering. And I had to sit down and listen to more bullshit from Ethel Bishop, the senior executive officer for the Upper Michigan Ghoster Society. It was hell. It was absolutely hell. And they're still doing those quote things. Everything Ethel says, they're all in total agreement. They're all hypnotized equally. They're all the same type of people. They don't dare deviate from whatever the fuck they are. Unlike your correspondent, I don't listen to nobody and I do what I want to do. You can use that. You can be that too. You can be that person. Take charge of who the fuck you are. Get away from that fucking horror that you're with and fucking live again. I'm sitting there listening to her. She must have said it a hundred more times. Ghosts are not pussy farts. Everything in the room that a woman is in and she lets out a pussy fart, vaginal gas, she says, does not die. Women are not seeing fucking their vaginal gas that's being sucked into their eyeballs, they're not seeing go they're they're seeing ghosts. They're not seeing fucking white haze because their eyes can't breathe oxygen, they're breathing pussy farts. She just keeps saying this all over and over and over and over and again. So I excuse myself to the bathroom because I think I got another yank coming on. Honest to God, I've never had this happen. I'm looking at Rhonda, and when I look at her, her eyes rolled back and it's just fucking white. Both eyes are goddamn white. And she's now still doing that old thing like she's in a coma. You know, she went from the quotes and her index finger, her pointer fingers on each hand made, went to the thumb and made these O's again. All the other girls are doing quotes, making fun of what I, uh, of what I said. But she's got her eyes rolled back and her fucking fingers and her thumb and her fingers making these O's and she's zoned out because of the digging I gave her. Very few women can take the size of my dick. You know that most women, they're dumb in math. That's the truth. They can't do math. They're not born with that ability. No matter how much propaganda they try to put out there, it was bullshit. But most women are experts with regards to math up to 12 inches. It's automatic. It's because they need to know the size of a dick immediately. They can eyeball your dick and say 6.1. They can eyeball your dick. They can say seven and a half, six and a quarter, three and a half. Three and three, three and three thirds. They can figure this fucking thing out, out straight away. 
They're experts up to 12 inches because they have to be, because they can't be surprised. They have to have their cunt ready for the heavy impact they're going to take. They just are. It's a safety thing. Comes with them automatic. It's instinct. It's amazing. So I excuse myself from the bathroom because I think I got another yank coming on, and I go to the bathroom, and I'm taking a leak. I figure I'd get to pee out before I blew another goddamn load, and I had filled my bag up with this orange glitter and saline solution, and now it's got to be all the fuck all over Rhonda because when I pulled out so she wouldn't get pregnant, I blew my entire three fistfuls of cum across her belly, past her tits, it hit her fucking chin and ricocheted off her nose, and it exploded all over her face. There is gold uh, orange glitter on her face. I saw it while she's sitting out there with these fucking ghost numpers from the Upper Michigan Ghoster Society. So I'm in a toilet taking a leak. And when I'm in the toilet taking a leak, and I'm enjoying myself, I'm thinking this wasn't a bad thing. With all good, there's bad. In any fucking book, it might be shit. There's always one line that makes sense to you that's educational in any book. And I think to myself, the same thing here. Something good came out of this. I just banged out Rhonda, and she had a very sweet pussy. It was wonderful. Just a, a great pussy, light skin dark crotch, kind of a hairy area, that kind of a turn-on thing you can get as a man. So as I'm in the toilet, I still have Ethel Bishop talking, and she's just babbling and running and babbling and running and flapping her fucking gums, and I'm in there taking a leak. It's the same shit she's just talking about as they as I was out there a second ago, the same shit, mostly shit picking on me, trying to get me to stop saying things about ghosts being pussy farts. She's going to educate me, and I'll never do it again. Well, because you came over, bitch, and you wanted to educate me, I'll do it all the fucking time. I'll come to your house with my detective friend, I'll ring your doorbell, and I'll put one right between your fucking eyes. I can do that. I have that kind of experience. That kind of fucking raw ambition. So I'm in there taking a leak into my toilet. And before I can take the leak, a massive cum plug shoots out of the end of my cock, and it goes all the way across the bathroom and hits the wall. It's like a big wooden peg, only it's my cum. I hear it at the fucking fiberglass liner on the shower. Just a, like a ding, and it can stick in the wall. I've had that happen. Like it's coming out the wall, like a worm came through the wall. It sticks in the wall, like it's a peg, some kind of peg you glued into the wall to hold a washcloth. That fucking plug comes out, I'm taking a leak. As I'm taking a leak, now here's the horrible shit. Here's what I was reluctant to tell you, man. Here's the bad part. Man, I don't even know if I can get this the fuck out. Man, up to this point, I thought I could do this. As I was taking a leak, man. As the peg came out, as I was taking a leak, as I was fucking reeling in the, reeling in the afterglow, fucking fucking Rhonda from the rear, her panties tore clean off. You know the kind of force you got to do that? I just put the fucking elastic panties on elastic. I grabbed them on each side, pulled them the fuck up. That's how gentle I am. The whole crotch ripped out. I had her panties up to her tits. It was amazing, man. It's fun. So I'm taking a leak, and uh, all of a sudden, the closet, the bathroom goes dark. It goes fucking black. Someone shuts the light out. They shut the light out, and I see the door open up. The light is out, and that's the last fucking thing I remember. That's the last fucking thing I remember. The lights went out. I was taking a leak. I shot my cum plug out. I was reeling in the afterglow. I was banging Rhonda's cunt out and her asshole out. Her brown eye, her stink star. I was reeling in that, reeling in the fantasies and all this stuff that you can intertwine on that. The wrongness and the rightness of the whole thing. This impromptu fuck who came to my door like a delivery from some kind of delivery company. What do they call it? DoorDash or something like that. It's some kind of delivery. I'm just reeling in it like they were delivered to me. But man, when I had my dick in my hand, the fucking light went out and everything went black. It all went black and I didn't remember a goddamn thing. It just went black. I was out. I didn't can tell you what happened until I woke up. Until I woke up, man, like two fucking three hours later, I woke up. My goddamn panties on the shit that I'd pulled down were at my fucking ankles and I was laying on my side in the toilet. My dick was out. My hand was still on my dick. What had happened was, these bitches, man, 
These bitches fucked me. They came over under the ruses telling me about fucking the wrongness about, of calling fucking ghost pussy farts. They came over under that ruse, that guise, and it was nothing like that. They came over to fuck your correspondent up, and they did. When I came to, I was laying on my side, and on top of the fucking toilet tank was a massive strap-on dildo. It was fucking massive, man. When I saw that dildo, that massive strap on the width, the girth, the length, I, I couldn't believe it. I'd been fucked so bad. I'd been tricked so bad. And when I saw that dildo, I reached onto my asshole, and the fucking asshole was still stretched out. My asshole had been stretched out. The impact, the raw impact from these bitches, each one of them strapping on that dildo, I'm sure of it, they had banged me out from the fucking rear. That doesn't happen to Norm Augustinus. That's an impossibility that doesn't happen to Norm Augustinus, not now, not ever. I'm too savvy for that shit. The whole goddamn group, Rhonda, Renee, Eileen, fucking Rory, and all the other bitches, I don't remember their name. One of them was Pamela or something like that. Something like kind of thing like that. While I was taking a piss, they had rushed the toilet with their strap-on dildo. And each one had their turn with me. Each one ravaged my asshole. I blacked out. I blacked out. I think after the... I don't even remember getting fucked by the first one. I blacked out. It was unacceptable to me. In every fucking way, my mind shut down to protect me. So I wouldn't have permanent mental damage. Each one had strapped the dildo on and had their way with me. Fucked me out. And that was the, I was the aftermath of when I woke up on my side. The goddamn Upper Michigan Ghoster Society, Ethel Bishop, supposedly the senior executive officer, it was son, it must have been bullshit. I don't even know if her name was Rhonda or Renee or Eileen or Rory. The only person I had a chance to act like a real man was with Rhonda when I first took her to the back bedroom. I think I got knocked unconscious. I think my head hit the toilet seat and I was knocked unconscious and I was laying on my fucking side. My underwear, my panties and my everything was down at my ankles. They didn't even take them off. It was the biggest dildo I've ever seen. It was a mammoth fucking dildo. It was so fucking huge. It must have been 15, 16 inches and 3 inches in depth. I don't know if I'll ever shit again. Man, it was... It was fucking over the top. I didn't deserve that. Every bitch, every butch took me down, violated me, made a mockery of who I think I am and what I am. They made a mockery of that. This was the rape mobile that showed up at my house. Maybe they do this to all kinds of people. Maybe they just show up at somebody's house pretending to be some other group and they do the same thing to that dude. It was horrible. The dildo was really ravaged. Chunks were out of the dildo. It was a real rubber dildo, a China dildo made in China. Chicks will only accept rubber dildos here in America. They got to be real. Chunks were torn out of the dildo. The strap that was fucking had a buckle and all that. I found the strap lying inside the toilet, the actual buckle part, lying inside, not the toilet, the bathtub. They must have been fucking and sucking like they were out of their fucking mind. And it was, it's fucking horrible. I should know better than what happened to me. Knocked unconscious, surprised, a sneak attack. It was fucking all over for Norm Augustinus, and I wondered, can I tell this to another man? Will they fucking sympathize, or will they be shocked, or will they shun me? It's horrible. There was even a bar of soap laying there and a scrub brush from the bathtub. What the hell did they do with that? I smelled the soap. It was horrible. I took a picture of my balls and shit while I stood up from the back and using the mirror. The whole back of my balls were black. That's the kind of impact they had, man. They didn't show me any fucking mercy. They just fucking banged me out. They reamed me out. They went deep. Too fucking deep. They went into my psyche, the essence of who I am. They passed the pleasure zone and went past that, and they went into somewhere deep in the recesses of my mind, and I don't know if I can come back. But I'll try. 
I will surely try, motherfucker. A little fucking Vaseline intensive care. Couple dubs, some LSD, shot of heroin, and it never fucking happened. Now I'm asking you, please. Please, mofo, fuckstick, <coughs> please keep this to yourself. <coughs> I'm begging you. You've been listening to the one and only... My dick is enormous. There is no escape. <gasps> We meet at the big clock in cyberspace. It's dark out there in cyberspace. It's scary out there in cyberspace. You're out there in cyberspace. You're frozen with fear. You don't know what to do. You're looking up, you're looking down, you're looking to the right, you're looking to the left. It's windy out. You don't know what to do. You're frozen. Till eventually and quite abruptly, you hear this distant chiming clock in the background. And you follow the chiming clock until it gets louder and louder and louder. Eventually bringing you upon this brightly illuminated place in cyberspace. There's thousands of people there. They're holding hands. They're smiling. They've been waiting for you. There's that thing that brought you to this place in the first place. It's a tower. A hundred, hundred and fifty feet tall, brown bricks, tan mortar. Way at the top of this tower is a glass bezel. It's a clock. It's backlit. And above this is this chimey bell-like thing that brought you to this place in the first place. And you know why you're at this place in the first place. You're here to clear out your pains, your frustrations, your aches, your woes, your disappointments, your hurts. The person that died on you, the ramen noodles, you're sick of eating, the credit cards you can't pay off, the apartment you can't pay for, the house you think you'll maybe never own, the bitch who left you, the guy who left you. You're here to clear all those pains and frustrations out. And how do we do that? Well, the moment you heard my voice, you were instantly and automatically filled up with this highly absorbent orange-colored solution. It's been inside your body, sloshing about this entire recording. And now, at the end of this recording, we lie you gently down, we pop the corks in your toes, and all of that highly absorbent orange-colored solution comes gushing out of your body. Look at it. It's forming a small mini lake alongside you. It's orange colored. It's rusty. It stinks. It's toxic. We shake your feet getting out the last drops of highly absorbent orange colored solution and replace the corks in your toes. You can't believe how good you feel. You feel like you could go on another second, another minute, another day, another hour, another year, maybe infinitely. It doesn't matter that a friend of yours is making $250,000 a year and lives in a $700,000 house. It doesn't matter that another friend of yours has got the best-looking bitch you've ever seen or another friend of yours has the best-looking dude you've ever seen. None of that shit matters. All that matters is how good you feel right now. You know you can feel this good anytime you want to, anytime you're in duress, anytime you feel like you can't go on another second. All you gotta do is think of the big chiming clock in cyberspace where you meet your pal, your friend, Norm Augustinus, and instantly and almost automatically you feel refreshed and clear. You know the best part of this recording, the most important part of this recording, at least to me, is that for one hour we were friends. Friend, I enjoyed myself. I hope you did too. Write me, normaugustinus at gmail.com. Tune in again for another exciting episode from the amazing mind of Norm Augustinus. Dear Ronnie, I know you dumped me because you thought I wouldn't amount to anything. God, I miss you. I feel physical pain when I think of you. Ronnie, I have come up with something that I know will make me a wealthy man. 
I believe when you hear what I'm working on, you will come back to me. Let me explain. Ronnie, most women in America are constipated six months out of the year. I've written a pamphlet for men on how to address this issue. My 26-page pamphlet instructs a man how to use his dick during intercourse so that while the couple is fucking, the man's cock will break the fecal blockage in the woman's large colon. My pamphlet is filled with sketches, arrows, and notations on how the man can ram his erect, rock-hard dickhead into the woman's large intestine like a battering ram and make her blow out rivers of shit. If you hit someone in the face enough, they will bleed. If you ram a dick into a woman's impacted colon enough, they will shit. If a man has this skill, he will be the most sought-after man in the community and score truckloads of pussy. I call my pamphlet shit. Ronnie, I have sent you one of my instructional pamphlets. I know when you see what I have created, you will come back to me. I am waiting for you every day at my house with my dick out between the hours of 6 p.m. until midnight. I love you. Love, Norman. P.S. I bumped into your big-titted little sister at the laundromat. I was there to clean a carpet because the unclothed black woman that was standing on it suddenly had her period. I was fingering her enormous hole when she started bleeding. When your big-titted little sister saw all the vaginal blood, she unzipped my pants and she blew me. While your big-titted little sister was blowing me, I fingered her tight fuckhole using the big toe on my right foot. Before I knew what was happening, I had backed your naked, big-titted little sister ass-first into the detergent vending machine. One of the big knobs that you'd pull to get your detergent dispensed went into your sister's asshole, and another knob went into your sister's cunt. Myself and others that were inside the laundromat watched as your big-titted little sister fucked the detergent vending machine. Afterward, your big-titted little sister and I 69'd one another, and then we fucked one another in the closet at the laundromat. Attention! Welcome to Come Panty Laundromat. At this time, we have a special on Come Panty Scrapers. They look just like a paint scraper, only they're specially designed to remove the cum from the crotch in your panties. Only 25 cents. Also, with a big-titted woman who is fucking the laundry detergent dispenser machine, please stop fucking it. That is all. Thank you for doing your laundry at Come Panty Laundry Mat. Fuck! Ah! Uh. 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 Uh. Women are constipated three times more than men. When you're walking down the halls and your balls hit the walls, it's a rupture.